0: This is Blue 42. We're gonna go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, G, U corner, halfback, flat, onto, ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny
1: O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue
0: 42! Blue
1: 42! Good morning, Brock. How are you now?
0: Good morning, Polly. I'm doing doing well. Beautiful Thursday morning. Uh, the, the day after the schedule release, how can I not be doing well? Uh, Jared coming to town, Logan coming to town. J-Lo day. Danny, Danny's talking about waves. All I can think about is Danny and his circle buddies with Spicoli and Los Gatos getting ready to ride the waves. The waves Brock,
2: Los Gatos oh. is inland. There's no waves in Los Gatos. You want to oh, talk sorry, Los sorry, Selva? Sorry, you want to talk Manresa? Dickers, you want to talk beer can? We can sorry. do that. Los Gatos has no waves
0: how about santa cruz danny santa
2: cruz got some waves. steamers bro. steamers yeah off of pleasure point yeah yeah west side <laughs>
1: <laughs> question one oh, jared kelnick's up logan gilbert's up it does seem like the mariners expect them to be leaders in some way upon arrival is that fair to ask of young athletes in any sports to have that kind of pressure thrust on their shoulders so quickly
0: well, that's what happens when you're your first round pick. I mean that's what happens with Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville and, and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields even as an eleventh pick. They're gonna come in and, and there's gonna be not as hey, you've got to, to take everything over in a football locker room is very different. It's divided as you guys know in offense and defense and, and then you got your quirky special teamers in the corner and you know, it's different than a than a baseball clubhouse. Um, and, you know, this Mariner team does not have outside of Mitch and, and Kyle and I guess Marco Gonzalez does not have a, a ton of guys with pelts all over the walls that have been there that have done that. And I honestly think that gives Jared and Logan that much more opportunity to come in and be themselves. And, Paul, this is, you know, I think what I've learned in baseball, the way it works, is you lead by your production. That will speak for itself. Joe Kelnick comes in here and hits bombs and, and sparks this crew and brings his edge and his energy to get on the first night in Tacoma. And he's around his third base and he's yelling at his dugout, you know, like that, that's just who he is. He's going to naturally bring that kind of charisma. Logan, I don't know as much. I've been around him a few times down there at spring training. Does not strike me as the most demonstrative Randy Johnson breathing fire and spitting, you know, lightning out of him. Um, but... His production in his game will do that. So I, I think there's a little bit. um Well, I think it's a little bit of an easier road in baseball as an individual to succeed. That sets the table for your voice to grow.
2: Was it like this when Ackley came up? I'm trying to remember. I remember where, no. where I was when Felix was called up. What was it like when Ackley was called up?
0: No, no, it wasn't like this. It was. He, he's a great hitter. He's you know, contact guy. Uh, he's he's handsome. I remember that. There was a lot of conversation about how handsome he was. Well, that's because that's because you
2: work. That's because you work with Boy Howdy.
0: Possibly, possibly, but yeah. He and he started out hot. I mean, he his first couple yes. months, he's spraying the ball around and he's running around, and he he definitely started out hot. He also had nowhere near the charisma and juice of Jared Kelnick. Yeah, totally, right completely different, different human beings, right? He's he's more in the silo with Kyle figure just the North Carolina Tar Heel, Southern, easy easygoing. Let me just kind of do my thing, and and Jared Kelnick is a freaking M eighty firecracker, ready to explode.
2: Have you ever set off an M eighty, Brock? Of course you have. You're from here. no
0: what. No, I have not. No, you're way more really? of a
1: pyrotechnic than I, than I think either of us, Danny. You you want mischief and mayhem.
2: Yeah, well, I've always said you turn me loose on a on a, on a reservation with five hundred dollars, and I could I could destabilize El Salvador for twenty four hours. <laughs> Couldn't hold on Roman to it. And no, no. Co- no country with fighter jets, but you give me $500 at a fireworks stand, I'll, 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 I'll create a diversion.
1: Brock, the only one I've ever lit was a Roman candle, and it almost blew up on yep. me, and I will never light another <laughs>
2: firework in my life. We used to Roman candle joust, where you would ride oh bikes in insane. opposite directions that's at each insane. other. That's Oregon. <laughs> yes, it is. It sounds very Oregon.
1: It's tw- That's Clint question- Falls.
2: <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. That's the uh, – it's the it's the feral half of the state. We're on the east side <laughs> of the Cascades. Question two. Brock, I heard this from Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm going to admit that my initial reaction was I might fire the head coach and I'd probably fire the offensive coordinator. I, I, want you to hear, I want you to hear what Teddy Bridgewater explained about the amount of time that they spent practicing what I think is the most important thing for an offense to practice in the NFL.
0: One of the things we didn't do much of when I was there, we didn't practice two-minute, really. We didn't practice red zone. You know, so, It was the most yeah. important well, thing. <laughs> what? You used do. to have, have
1: a, whole, day, a whole day devoted for two-minute yeah. in red zone. That's Thursday like, practice.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I guess the game is becoming about science, you know, and you know. trying to keep guys healthy. So, you, know. uh, you you didn't practice on Fridays there, but you walk through like the red, you walk through the red zone stuff, and then Saturday you come out and practice red zone, but you only get like 15 live reps, and guys, oh, reps are limited. There.
2: Brock, what the hell?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm buying that, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm completely buying what Teddy's selling there. I think he's a fairly honest guy. I don't think it's totally deceitful, but you heard him throw in some words like, "Well, we didn't do much of it, and you know, it wasn't maybe it wasn't as intense as other places like the New Orleans where he was, obviously coming from Drew Brees and Sean Payton. But remember, that's where the OC came from. That's where Joe Brady learned." In New Orleans, went to LSU. Had the most prolific year in the history of college football as an offense. Is it's a boy genius, right? He's the next Sean McVay. Gets hired to Carolina. They do have a lot of injuries. They do lose Christian McCaffrey. There are a bunch of factors. And Teddy underperformed. Fifteen touchdowns, like twelve picks, like he he under underperformed big time. And I think that's a little bit of trying to save some face, to, to be honest with you, because. Yeah, and and they do it a little bit differently, you know. Like they don't practice on Friday anymore. You see a lot of college teams do this. You see some NFL teams do it. It's a it's a belief in in some of the tech, you know, some of the science that, you know, what we actually want to instead of just slowing everything down and getting your work in Friday and being done at one o'clock and then just walking through, we actually want to ramp the guys up on Saturday. And, and their studies itself, that that's better for them. And. And so you don't give them too much downtime with their systems not firing. So I, I, yeah, count me as one that is a little hesitant to say that all of a sudden they were doing things so differently than everybody else, not getting their works. And as far as 15 live reps in the red zone, yeah, that's about right. Uh, that's, that's what most teams do on a, on a Friday, you know, Thursdays, nickel and third downs, Wednesdays, a lot of your base offense, Friday is two minute in red zone and, Yeah, about 15 reps is what you got. They just happen to do it on Saturday. So I'm not, Danny, totally buying what Teddy's selling.
1: Question three, Brock. We found out the NFL schedule, and we found out the Seahawks' schedule, at least the way that it is laid out. They have a tough open to the season, a relatively easy finish. Would you rather have an easy open and a tough finish or a tough open and an easy finish?
0: No, I, I think this sets up pretty well. I, I think you'd like to have those games at home in December and January and and make those folks travel to you and come play you. Obviously, ending it in the desert, that place has been a house of horrors for the, the Seahawks for, for some years. So that will, I'm sure, be a meaningful game. But no, I, if you if you ask me, Paul, go out on the Rotary. Like you're fresh. You know, these training camps. They will have three preseason games, which will be a blast to see. They do get to play down in, in Darth Vaderville, I think, with the first time fans will be allowed in Vegas, which would be awesome. Uh and then two, you know, former AFC West foes come in for the preseason. So, I, no, I, I definitely would take the the former there as far as those two things go. Go play on the road early. Go travel early. Three out of four on the road, great. I'll tell you this, too, what jumped out to me big time is, you know, you don't have that trip to Tampa. You don't have a trip to Miami. You don't have a trip to Carolina. You don't have a trip to New York. You don't have a trip to Baltimore. You don't have those five-hour flights, five-and-a-half-hour flights coming home. You've got two, you know, of those eastern seaboard kind of trips, one of them D.C., uh, one of them, Pittsburgh, both prime times, so a Sunday night and a Monday night. And, man, that, that, I think, from a mileage standpoint and a wear and tear and dragging you down was, to me, if I'm a Seahawks fan, and I know the personnel in that building had to love to see uh, a little bit less miles that have traveled on the road this year.
2: On the positive side, the Seahawks, there are three cold-weather sites potential cold weather sites DC which is kind of but then Pittsburgh and Green Bay none of those games are played in December all all before nope. and the the Pittsburgh games in October on the downside if you were playing Pittsburgh in December Ben Roethlisberger might have the fork fully stuck in him like last year and be completely cooked is yeah. is the tra- is the trade off worth it that you get it's Ben Roethlisberger before he's had a chance to be totally tapped out, but you get nicer weather. Which which would you prefer?
0: No, I would probably prefer the the band that's been beat up for the entire season and is kind of kind of worn down than the shoulder like string cheese that they're, they're going to see. And, and that's that's going to be a good Pittsburgh team. That's a team that kind of revamped their their run game, their line. They were atrocious in that way last year. I mean, there's still a bunch of mind fields in the schedule. It is the NFL. There's going to be no, you know, sorry, Paul, uh, as far as easy part of the schedule, there's going to be no easy part of the schedule. I think you hear every former player and current player and coach say that. Nothing is ever, ever easy in the NFL. But, yeah, in that scenario, Danny, and then, frankly, you know, after they developed lizard skin and played in minus 20 in Minnesota, it doesn't feel like there's much cold games out there anymore. That's
2: probably true. That's probably true. Brock, it's always fun to talk to you. I have one last yeah. question for you. This is a, a howdy-esque wild card. I've been riding Paul a little bit because uh, he's Ooh. unaware of a Stetson. I asked him at the – Stetson University is where Logan Gilbert went. It's a pitching program or a baseball program that's produced Jacob DeGrom, Corey Kluber. Do you have any idea about Stetson's mascot?
0: It has to be a cowboy hat, I would hope. Ah!
1: Okay, I really am clueless on that one. So everyone was of the assumption that since I lived in Texas that I knew what a, a Stetson is, I was like, No, I mean my hair is far too fabulous to wear cowboy hats, one, but 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 I yeah, I had no idea about that brand. And I also lived like two and a half hours away from Stetson. I should have known the nickname just by default, having lived in Florida for a bit.
0: I'm sorry, Paul. Yeah, and I did not have a heads up on that, by the way. There's no cheating. There's no no, no text involved. But, yeah. yeah I did not It'll give him a heads up. it would be fun, fun to see the big fella go out there and throw. He is a big old dude. I remember remember not seeing him in person. And I can't imagine for Gary who's going to join you guys in a few minutes how excited it must be for him. Yeah. To kind of help all those Christmas presents get unwrapped tonight.
2: Brock, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. And we'll look forward to chatting with you next week. Can't wait. See you, boys. That is Blue 42.